Hello and welcome to Front Page Radio with your host, international author, broadcaster, and journalist Dan Wooding, the founder of Assist Ministries and the Assist News Service. Dan, who was born in Nigeria of British missionary parents, was raised in England and later worked for some of Great Britain's largest newspapers. He has been a journalist covering the world for some 47 years now with a focus on persecuted Christians and missions. And now, here's Dan Wooding with today's guest. recognize Morning is Broken with Cat Stevens, but you may not know that my special guest on today's program, Rick Wakeman, then in his teens, played the beautiful piano accompaniment on that hit record. So here's my fascinating interview with the man I've known for 50 years and who many believe is the world's greatest rock keyboard player. Who are you? (laughs) No, you're dead right. We go back... Oh, crikey, 50-plus years, really. It's 50 years, yeah, we've known each other. It's pretty amazing. I, I was just working uh, on a little newspaper in uh, West London, and one of my jobs was to go around trying to find stories from different people, and I turned up at a little rather dusty old second-hand music store, and it was run by Uncle Ernie. And David and, Sims, remember that? And David, David Sims, yeah, the Musical Bargain Centre. Well done. Well done, Eddie. Yeah, it was a great, it was a great shot run by two guys, Dave Sims, who eventually ended up making Sims Watts uh, equipment amps, which are very collectible now. In fact, Trevor Rabin has one which he absolutely adores. That's by the by. And I used to to hang around in the shop because it was full of musical instruments and full of really nice guys and musicians coming in. Uh, I, I'd sort of skip off from school and sort of <laughs> sort of pop in because it was either that or sort of. British Constitution A-level lessons, and I thought I didn't fancy that. So I'd go to the music shop, and you turned up one day, yeah, and you were desperate for a story because yeah. you had nothing. You had, I think you had a flower show or something, <laughs> and somebody had, had run over a tortoise, and that was yeah. about it. And, yeah. um, and we all loved Uncle Ernie, yeah. but he used to look out for stories for you. Yeah. Well, when I came in, I could hear you. I didn't know who you were then playing keyboard. What was the keyboard you were playing? I was playing, they had a Vox Continental organ in there, double manual, uh, which if anybody's got one they want to sell me, I'd love one of those. They were, they were great, great fun, Vox Continental. And I was just playing it for a, for a, for a bit of fun. The year, I can tell you the year, it was 1969. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was about quite early, early summer 1969. Yeah. Uh, and... and uh, Ernie said, I've got a story, and it was, it was the space oddity story, wasn't it? Yeah, well, what, what he did, I said, D- does, because uh, he said, you, I think you were then called Ricky Wakeman. Yeah, I'd, I had a girlfriend at the time called Jane, who, who called me Ricky. Yeah. Because, uh, probably, well, was it Chris and Richard? Yeah. But she liked 
all the American um, singers like Ricky Nelson and yeah. Ricky Valance and that, so I became Ricky. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember you came out and I asked where you lived and found out you were in a circulation area. Yeah. And I, I remember you learning that you were studying at the Royal College of Music, but you were doing sessions. Yeah. And I think you mentioned two of them. I think one was with Cat Stevens and one with David Bowie. Oh, Tell us about that. The Cat Stevens one came later. I had done some sessions with Cat Stevens, but it was the David Bowie one because Space Oddity was uh, in the top ten at the time. And I played like that. And I said, well, I was only a session guy playing the Mellotron. And you said, you said something like, it doesn't matter. It's more interesting than the flower show. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, was the, it, it was really the equivalent of there's that wonderful expression, which you know in... In England, in the, amongst the uh, newspaper industry, which no longer is it, which was "drop the dead donkey," which <laughs> was uh, w when um, it, when a, a news story came in at the last minute for a front page. Yeah. Uh, the editor, if he had time, would f phone the printers, right. and the, the 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 saying down the phone was "drop the dead donkey." We've got <laughs> a new headline and yeah, things. Yeah. So. Uh, I began to realise that not a lot happened in the Middlesex County Times when he did it. Well, eventually, um, after the story ran, um, something like Ricky Wakeman is watching the charts or something, yeah, and right, yeah. something like that, and, and you invited me round to your home in Northolt, which is a part of the area, and played the piano for me. That's and right. I was absolutely astonished, but I was thrilled to find out that we were both Christians, yeah. and you had gone to which church? I was at, um, I, I was at, sorry, that, that's, that's not uh, Dan Weezing, by the way. <laughs> that's a lovely dog called Sasha, belongs to a great friend of mine who's, <laughs> who's down there. Uh, I'm sure you get a shot of him later anyway. Actually, he looks a bit like you, Dan, to be honest. <laughs> the, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, my, uh, in fact, here he is, here he is. My, um, hello, mate. Oh, look at that. My, he's, uh, he's got a big bulldog there that he's scratching. Look. Oh. <laughs> that was Dan. Uh, oh, look. You're a lovely, Sash. The, um, uh, yeah, my father was a uh, Baptist, did some mm -hmm. lay preaching and that as well, at, at, uh, at, uh, at Hammersmith, um, uh, the, the Baptist church there, which sadly no longer exists. They knocked it down, which which was a great shame. And my mother was a very strict Methodist and was right till the, the day she, she died. Uh, so they went to separate churches. Mum went yeah. to the Methodist church and Dad went to the Baptist church in, in Hammersmith. And, uh, but it was, it was deemed too far for me to go up to Hammersmith as a young boy. So I was sent to uh, South Harrow Baptist Church, which I still have connections with, uh, which I love, which is about a... a 20-minute walk from my house through the through the park down to the church, and I have to say, considering how how um, you know really quite strong Christians in every respect my mum and dad were, uh, I was never forced to go to the, the mm. church. Uh, I mean, my dad always used to say to me, "If you don't enjoy it, it doesn't you don't have to go." Mm. You know, he never believed in forcing the issue of making you do something, but I loved it. I absolutely loved it, and and for. Oh, at least, I suppose, until I was uh, in bands and started touring and got married and moved out of the area, I suppose for at least 14, 15 years, that, that church was a major, major part of my, my life and, uh, and made lots of friends and still have friends from the area. Mm. Uh, it's changed an awful lot now because the area has changed a lot. It's, it's, um, it's a much 
bigger multiracial area now, so which doesn't fit in with the Baptist churches and things down there. So they, they, they it suffered quite a lot. But I was, uh, I, I remain good friends with uh, Sue, the, the the lady vicar who was there for many years, right up until she left a few years ago. Mm. Uh, I've not been back for about three years um, because I've just not been in the area but whenever I'm around the area I always always pop in and and see them played a major part in my life and uh, and mum started going there as well although even even though uh, the Methodist and Baptist didn't always see eye to eye (laughs) on things Um, but she used to she used to pop down with me as well and no major part of my life that yeah we talked a little bit about morning has broken and yeah. I understand you played quite a role in that, but you had trouble getting paid. Yeah, I did. I'm not going to tell you the story because I tell it on stage, but that's very true. I did. Uh, I, uh, it wasn't Cat Stevens' fault, and I did get paid eventually about 30-odd years later. <laughs> uh, in, fact, in fact, 40 years odd later, I got, I got paid for doing that. Incidentally, with Morning is Broken, which I did with Cat Stevens, as you know, which was great fun to do, um, I, I've given a plug. I've just re-recorded it with a, a, a lovely 16 year old girl singer um, um, and it's, it's it, she's um, uh, a Catholic girl, I met the family um, through a friend of mine mm-hmm. who said you must hear this young girl sing and this is when she was 14 yeah. and I heard her sing and had the, the soprano voice to die for, I mean just mm. naturally beautiful voice and uh, so last year we recorded Welcome a Star with her as a Christmas single and we've just done Morning Has Broken which comes out um, well it's out it's out now virtually ready for Christmas which, done, which she's done a great job and one of the things that it was really important to me I've never thought of doing it doing either of those tracks again since because it's too many pieces recorded sometimes for the wrong reason, especially around Christmas time. But uh, um, Emmy, Emmy Becker, Emmy is her name. Emmy and her family, her parents, are very, very devout Catholics mm. and heavily involved with their church, heavily involved with... And so um, when I played Emmy the songs, and she really wanted to do them um, because they mean something to her. And I feel that's very important. I think sometimes, you know, tracks are recorded, whether it be Morning Is Broken or, or whatever it might be, um, just because they're nice songs and they're nice tunes. I think they always come across better when the person actually singing them or taking part believes in what they're singing or playing. Right. So Morning Is Broken plays a big part. And it was, it was interesting, of course, after doing Morning Is Broken with Cat Stevens, that um, shortly after he changed his name to Yusuf Islam, have you ever been able to talk to him since yeah. he, he oh, yeah. yeah we we spoke um, we spoke in in the 2000s in the noughties I can't tell you the exact year because I truly can't remember but it was mid mid noughties and uh, we spoke and he was dressed in his, in his robes and I talked to him as Yusuf because that's it, that's his name so I said, my only thing, and I did say to him when we met, and I, cause I said, I'm so thrilled that you're starting to make music again. Mm. I, I said, because I did feel that, that if, the, if, if the, your God or say God, whatever you want, you want to say, gives you a talent, he wants you to use it. 
and I thought it was a shame that for quite long periods of time he never made any, you know, any any music. So I was thrilled that he's back playing and back yeah. doing things again. But now, now, what about David Bowie? Because I know you were heartbroken when he passed away, but yeah. you went to see him. Did you call it Beckingham Palace? Was it? Yeah, his house, Beckingham. Beckingham. I, I, we were great. For, I mean, uh, I mean, I went to see him after I did Space Oddity with him. I spent time at his house. About putting hunky dory together, the piano parts and that, which was which was great. Then doing that, um, but even more telling, apart from that, was uh, it's not documented much. But he and I were neighbours for four years oh. in Switzerland. Uh, I say neighbours; we both lived up the same mountain, so okay. we used to we used to meet up a lot when we we were back. So I got to know him very very well as the person, and uh, he he lived for music. He cared about things. He cared about people and he was a doer mm. he didn't like he didn't like could haves as he called them people said oh i could have done that because <laughs> he's asked me well why didn't you yeah yeah you know uh, and he always been like you know if you've got something you want to do and like do it because you know the the, the longer you think about it the less chances you'll ever have of of, of doing it mm. he was a very interesting man i knew he was ill i had no idea how ill he was mm. um and uh it was interesting after he died. I got, I did so many TV and radio programs about, it, which was very difficult because it's, it's all very well on the first couple of programs uh, to be genuinely sincere. But afterwards, you start repeating yourself and you mm -hmm. go, "Hold on a minute, you know, I am sincere, but I'm saying the same thing again now." <laughs> time, time yeah. But I did, um, I did Life on Mars on the Simon Mayo. Uh, drive time show in the UK, which is the biggest drive time program, it gets about nine, ten million listeners. And uh, he, um, uh, Simon May was really good. I played it live on there, and they did a webcam of it. And in two days, it had um, uh, two million hits, which was ludicrous. And loads of people said, You've got to record it for a charity. Now, I don't like charity records, most of them lose money. And, uh, and invariably done for the wrong reason. But I thought this was a good idea. So I recorded it as a piano version um, and with the, uh, all the royalties going to Macmillan Cancer Care. Mm. And it was number one for about six weeks. Did it, it did incredibly well. And, uh, and I felt that was justified. I felt it would be something that David would have approved of. Mm. It was very sad, but... You know, one of the things is that you start to learn. I mean, you and I were talking earlier about the number of people that we've lost over the last year or so. And uh, it, it's what's interesting is I look back at those people and virtually all of, all of them have left something behind. Yeah. And one of the things is when you do pass on, I mean, yes, the, 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 the good Lord takes your spirit, he takes your body, or, well, that goes back in wherever it is depending on whether you're a burner or a barrier. But he, <laughs> that, that, but he doesn't take what you leave behind. Mm. You know, so it, the great thing about people, it, and it doesn't mean, does not just for artists leaving behind music, which will live forever, or, think, or, or if you're a writer, whatever. But you always, everybody leaves something. Mm. Everybody leaves something. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I've learned, and I say to people when they lose things, you know, live with the memories because they're never taken away he leaves yeah. them you know they're left for you yes. and they're left to enjoy don't 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 
dwell on bad things. And I have a strange thing as well, which I do. I mean, my, my, I, you, you knew both my mum and dad very well. I mean, dad died in 1980, mum died in 97. And the interesting thing is, and it's not deliberate, it's just so-called happens, I celebrate their birthdays, but I don't, you know, I don't drink, but I don't, you know, raise a glass of fizzy water on the days that they passed away. Which is quite interesting. Yeah. They're of no interest to me. Yeah. The day that they came into this earth was the start of everything that they left left behind. That's what's in, important to me. Yeah. So I, September the 10th, my mum's birthday, and uh, and um, June, June the 12th, which was my dad's. Dad, yeah. Those are the ones where I never forget, and I'll I'll just raise a glass. I know the dates of when they died, but they're of absolutely no interest to me. Yeah. And both of them. One's already gone while I've been on this tour, and the other one is is yet to come. But it was a, it's of no interest to me because to me those are those are sad days. Yes, yeah. And that's not what they left behind. Right. We're speaking with Rick Wakeman. Uh, this is a very interesting time. We've been friends for about 50 years, and um, Rick has joined and rejoined Yes several times and uh, is now on a rather extraordinary tour with himself, John Anderson, and Trevor Rabin. And uh, it's, is it a mu- it's an evening of, of Yes Music? It's something John and I decided to do, without going into long, boring details. In 2005, when we did the last Yes tour, when I was in the band and John was in the band, John was then very ill. I mean, he was far more ill than was ever released to the press. In fact, uh, his, his lovely wife, Jane, found him collapsed at the bottom of the garden. He was dead when the paramedics arrived. And they had to bring him back to life. They, uh, he had some serious operations. He was very, very ill. And it was generally touch and go whether he would survive, um, which was very upsetting for those of us that, that, that knew. Um, it was obvious that it would be quite some time before John could get his strength back and, and work and do whatever. Um, to cut a long story short, the other guys in the band wanted to carry on. And I said I was not prepared to carry on without John because I felt, A, it was wrong, it was disrespectful, and I couldn't see a yes band without John singing. It just, it, it's like having a Led Zeppelin without, um, Robert without Robert Plant or The Who without Roger Daughtry or, you know, uh, you can go on forever with, with, with bands and things like that. And I said I wasn't prepared to do it. So they went off and, and toured anyway, uh, which, I, I'll be honest, it, 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 it both upset and bewildered me that, it could, that that could happen. And John and I stayed in touch, and as he slowly got stronger and better, we did um, we did a duo album together. We wanted to get back to basics, and we did a semi-acoustic album, which was an acoustic album, really, called The Living Tree, which we absolutely love. Um, we were really proud of it, and we did three tours, two in England and one in, in America, where we toured it. Very simple show, just a pair of us. It was getting back to basics, mm-hmm. it said, to, to try and almost... Re, 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 retread where we'd been and and and, and remember why we were, what we were and what we were doing. And all the time we were doing that, we were talking about what we want to do next. People said, "Oh, we love this album. Do another one." And we went, "No, you know, this is it. We've done this. This is what we wanted to do. There's no follow-up to the Living Tree. The Living Tree is what it is. Um, it's a statement and something that we're very proud of. There isn't a second one. 
uh, but we realised we wanted to do something else but we both agreed that what we wanted to do was to do Yes Music as we felt it should be uh, which obviously meant John singing um, and there was only one guitarist we wanted which was Trevor obviously Trevor Raymond who was through those great glory years wrote Owner of a Lonely Heart and all the big hits and Trevor and I had become great friends when we did the Union tour and he'd also played on my Return to the Centre of the Earth album and we'd, we'd always vowed we would play together the difficulty was we'd all agree we all went we said yeah absolutely we've got to do this we've got to do this we've got to do this but I was really busy doing my own stuff in, uh, in Europe and whatever in South America John was very busy doing his solo stuff and guesting here and there with everybody and Trev who's done something like about 80 or 90 film scores very big Hollywood film score writer we're all just ridiculously busy and then I suppose the catalyst came we kept saying yeah we're going to do this we're going to do this and then Chris Squire died mm. and that I suppose really made the neon light that said mortality shine even brighter we went oh hold on a minute if we don't do this now maybe we'll never do it so we talked on the phone each we said do we want to do this? We went, yes, we really do want to do this, and it's important we do this. And lots of Yes fans said, please do this. So we went, right, that's it. So we wanted to put together a good good band, so we, I brought in Lee Pomeroy, who's the bass player, who is, uh, I think he's the finest bass player in the world. He is absolutely amazing, heavily inspired by Chris Squire, um, but he's taken it to a new level, wonderful guy, and everybody loves him, and the fans have gone nuts for him. And there was a drummer called Lee Molino III, who was a great friends of Trevor Raymond, used a lot, who is outstanding. So we put together this band. We started rehearsing in August. We decided that, uh, this was about a year and a half ago, that all the work that we each had in our diaries we would do, but we would take no more after that, which turned out to be around about July 2016. So we all got together then. In August we started rehearsing, and then through into September started the tour in October and it is, it's an evening of yes music um, and more and it's uh, it's been wonderful, the only thing that we all realise is we're no spring chickens anymore uh, very funny, I mean, John's 72 I think, I'm uh, 67, Trevor's the baby at 62 but the uh, it's an 11 week tour and that's that's hard when you're in your 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. So we've we've all been sort of trying to be as sensible as possible against, but we've all caught colds and various things. But we don't have technicians anymore. We have carers, <laughs> and uh, it sort of like look after us. But yeah. it's been musically, this is far and away the finest form of yes lineup I've ever been in. Well, we're about to close. We've been talking with Rick Wakeman and Rick. How can people listening to this pray for you? What are some of the needs that you have? Oh, we've got a lot. There's never no shortage. <laughs> um, there's, there's, no, there's no shortage. I think the, I don't think anybody ever says prayers for anybody else or anybody uh, and go, not quite sure what to do today. There's always <laughs> something. You know, it's interesting as you get older, so much um, revolves around health. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of health issues in 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 our family uh my lovely wife rachel her her father's just uh he he was diagnosed with advanced kidney cancer they've just removed a a kidney with a big tumor on it he's 80 years old um 
He's very funny because he's got very early signs of, of dementia. Of course, after big operations, you get a bit befuddled at times. And um, my wife was in to see him in the hospital just just a day ago, and uh, and he was convinced because his, his his bowels aren't working yet that they'd mucked up the hospital the, the operation and taken his bottom away, which was <laughs> quite quite sweet. See, but he's he he will need a lot because he's got a lot of healing and that to be done. And what's uh, his name? It's David. David Kaufman and his wife Pat, who's 79, who's absolutely wonderful. She's been in in Ill, Ill health recently, and of course it's tough on her, and it's tough, it's tough on Rachel, my my lovely wife, because uh, uh, I'm not there, yeah. and it's very very hard. You want to be there, but she knows why I'm here. I'm here to help the family do things, so that's difficult. Uh, in, the, in, in the direct family as well, um, Adam, my son, has had has had heart difficulties and still has so he's always in our our prayers I, uh, uh, my um, uh, eldest boy son Oliver he has uh, a lovely little girl called Lottie who's badly autistic mm. so we you know obviously got prayers for her but when when we're, we're not unique yeah. every family everybody you talk I, I, I doubt whether you can stop anybody in the street and there isn't somebody in their family that has got health issues and, and health problems Everybody that you know has sort of health health difficulties. Sure. You, it's so he's uh, having to work overtime up there. <laughs> well, Rick, you've got a website people can go to. Yeah, it's rwcc.com, and I've got a, a silly Twitter, yeah. which is at Grumpy Old Rick with Grumpy Old and Rick with capital letters. <laughs> yeah, at Grumpy Old Rick. That's a funny Twitter. And I know many people from Calvary Costa Mesa will remember your That's two good. concerts there. I remember, yeah. Uh, I was very saddened when, when we lost Chuck, when yeah. Chuck Smith died. Having said that, you know, I go back to what we were talking about earlier. Look what he's left behind. Yeah. You know, that's that's the great, you know, it, that's, that, it's what you leave that can't be taken away. I think people sometimes, yes, it's, it, it is, it's a shame when you lose somebody because you no longer can spend time with them, you can't be them, they're not there. Yeah. But I think suddenly we should focus more on what, what they've left for us. Sure. You know, that's, and, and certainly uh, every time you pass a Calvary Chapel, they wouldn't be there if it weren't for Chuck Smith. Right, right. Rick Wakeman, great to see you again. And um, we ask people to pray for Rick. You know, this is a very exhausting tour. And thank you again for being on the program. Do I look that tired? <laughs> That's very kind. And I tell you, I tell you and pray for this guy as well, because he's very, very special. Many, many years, isn't it, mate? Many years. And uh, you talk about films and things that you, you want to make. And I've said this for years. Somebody should make a film about this guy's life. And if anybody's watching, ask him about Idi Amin. <laughs> didn't like you, did he? Yeah, no, he didn't like me. And uh, <laughs> I, I wrote a book about him, and I think he was quite unhappy. Yeah, well, you said you, you told him he wasn't a very nice man. No, that was true. Yeah. Didn't they put you in prison in Uganda? No, that was in Nigeria. I got I locked up. Oh, it was Nigeria you went to prison, yeah. Yeah, they didn't. They, you told them they were very nasty, didn't you? They didn't like that. And I remember I phoned his wife up. No, that's right, it was Nigeria. And I said, uh, Where's Dad? She said, He's in prison. <laughs> I said, aren't you worried? He said, no, he always gets out. <laughs> you have been listening to Front Page Radio with international journalist Dan Wooding. If you would like a free subscription to the Assist News Service, log on to www.assistnews.net. 
And if you would like to write to Dan, send an email to assistnews at AOL.com. Tune in again for another edition of Front Page Radio on this same station. Thank you. Thanks, Dan.